Well, praise the Lord. Great to have you today here on the broadcast. We are teaching 2 Timothy. We're in chapter 2, and it looks like everything's going to be going great today. And uh, this will be our last session here in the studio. I will finish uh, 2 Timothy and uh, just won't be doing it here in the studio. So keep tuning in every Friday morning at 9 a.m. and uh, for Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. And uh, we'll just be uh, looking forward to what's coming in the days ahead. I just finished a two-year and nine months, two-day-a-week, teaching on the book of Romans. It's on the Curtis Hutchinson 316 YouTube channel. It's on the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. Just avail yourself to that. Two years and nine months, two days a week, Romans. My goodness, it, it would be a marvelous college course for anyone to sit and to listen to. I, let me make a suggestion this morning. If if there's any cross-preaching churches in your area and they have Bible studies going on and any of you who are homeschooling your children, that would be a great time uh, for you to go and to be a part of that Bible study that school year. And for those of you who are homeschooling, just a suggestion, and I thank God for the opportunity. Wherever that's going on, where it's being offered, uh, again, though, this is the last Friday for us to meet in the studio, and I'll just be teaching these sessions either from my office or from the house. And uh, we just praise God for the opportunity to get the word out to you. We are growing in leaps and bounds in these last days in the knowledge and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And like never before, God is preparing His people with an increased knowledge of the truth of His word in these last days. The preachers of just factual statements and feel-good statements are they're, they're going to, they're going to be more in number, but they, but they but they're not going to be listened to by that remnant God is raising up. We want to hear the truth of God's word, and that will always be God's word in the context of the one who said the tr- He is the truth and the word is about Him. Hallelujah. That's our Jesus. Glory to God. Well, let's dig in today. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, and this is session 12 here on the 18th day of November 2020. And uh, we, again, we have just been so amazed and thrilled and excited, encouraged and edified through what the Lord has taught us going through this great letter and still going through it to Timothy, the second letter to him. Again, we have taught the book of Galatians and Ephesians. Each took a year and a half to get through. Avail yourself to those teachings. You You will learn the Word of God as you should be learning it in truth. So thank the Lord. Let's dig in this morning. I ask the Father right now to give us the bread of life today to impart that which is lacking in our hearts. We need it every day, the bread of life. Every day we need the truth because that's what the Holy Spirit is offering us to guide us into that we might experience more of Him, the will of God in our lives. Praise God. 2 Timothy chapter 2. We'll start in verse 22. And Paul writes to Timothy and he says, Flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, and charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. But foolish and unlearned questions avoid, 
knowing that they do gender strifes. Now, with just those two verses of Scripture, I'm going to point out a phrase, three words to you today. We have to learn to flee certain things, to be able to pursue certain things, to be able to avoid certain things. Those three words were used right here. Flee also youthful lust, but follow after, pursue righteousness, faith, charity, and peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. So we're going to be talking about that a little bit today about fleeing from certain things to be able to pursue certain things to be able to avoid certain things. This race that God has set before us to run... And he has done that. Hebrews chapter 12 tells us that he has set a race before us to run and we can run it as we look unto Jesus and don't allow that, that sin to hinder us. And, and we understand now in these last days through the revelation, the illumination of God's word in the context of His righteousness, the way of righteousness, the way of the cross, what that means, what things mean now better than ever before. And as we run this race, (coughs) the only way, (coughs) excuse me, the only way we'll be able to run this race properly is if we are fleeing certain things to pursue certain things to be able to avoid certain things. And we'll see what those things are today. Let's read it again. Flee also youthful lust. Now, that's a boatload full of things. Everybody reads the word lust. We, our minds in this society we live in instantly go to sexual lust. But the lust of the flesh... Is a, is, is, a, is a shipload, a, a boatload of lust. Lust for this, lust for that. I, there's all sorts of things our flesh lusts after. To be first, to be the smartest, to be the prettiest, the, the best looking, the strong. There's all sorts of things that our flesh lusts after that will always be contrary to what the Spirit is after. And we need to remember that. But these flee these youthful lusts. And I, I know what it's like to be young. I was young many, many years ago and, and still am today when I get around certain other people who are older than me. And, but youthful lust, I, I, I watch now people who are 60 years old who are still stuck. They're trapped. They're tra- they think it's by their choice, but and, and, and to a small degree it is. But there people who've been out of high school 50, 40, 50, 60 years, they're still listening to that music that, that trapped them 40, 50, 60 years ago, that music that doesn't, Christians, doesn't magnify the Lord, it doesn't glorify the Father. They're still trapped in that. They're, they're, they're trapped there. You, you can get trapped somewhere. You don't want to get trapped in your youthful lust. You want to flee your youthful... Everybody's had youthful lust. Every human being has had youthful lust. And hopefully the Christian today is learning how to flee those to be able to pursue righteousness. If you don't learn how to flee your youthful lusts, You're not going to be able to pursue righteousness, love, charity, and peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. And you'll know those, you'll know those who are fleeing youthful lust, worldly lust, fleshly lust, 
not just youthly lust, a youthful lust, but all lusts of the flesh. You'll know who they are who are fleeing that because they'll be, I'm talking about Christians now, they'll be pursuing righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them, with them. Come on now, everybody say, with them. Yeah, this thing called Christianity ain't a closet thing. You might have a prayer closet, but listen, this thing, pursuing righteousness, faith, love, and peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. There's Christians, been Christians many, many years, still can't get along with people, still fearful around people. That Man, that should have been gone a long time ago. Christianity is a community thing. No, we don't sell our houses and move all in the same building. They didn't do that in Israel. And we're not called to do that now. May end up that way one day. Things keep going like they're going. But that's not what he's talking about here. A community of believers learning to uh, follow after what those other people are following after you. Listen, the world calls it like this. Birds of a feather flock together. Well, Bible calls it like this. We join up with them who are calling on the Lord out of a pure heart. They're the ones who are fleeing youthful lust. They're the ones who are pursuing righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. These things are mentioned. Uh, these things that are mentioned are not for the closet Christians, but for pursuing in the community of believers for our own strength and maturity, comfort and edification of others in this like precious faith. Think about that. Do we actually associate with or gather with those who calling on the name of the Lord? Calling on the name of the Lord. I know, I know people right now I could name who've been going to church, not here at Crossway Church, my Lord, people. They go to these people, they go to Sunday school, and then after Sunday school, they go home. They don't even go to the worship service. Now, the churches I hear about that coming from, I don't blame them for not going to the worship service. But the reason they just go to Sunday school and not church is because they're not going to worship God in the congregation. They, they don't want to hear the word of the Lord preached at them. A specific lady some year or so back said, are you still preaching? I said, yes, ma'am. Do you need a little message? She said, no, I don't need any. She's in Sunday school every week, but she goes to get the gossip. She goes to get the, the lowdown because that's what's going on in a lot of you gathering places. But the Bible here says that will be going on in the last days. They'll be ever learning, but it ain't, it ain't what they need to be learning. They're, the result of their learning is, is not able to get them to the truth. Think about that now. That what, what, what they're involved in on any spiritual level, if it's not fleeing the lust of the flesh and pursuing righteousness and peace and love and, 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 and faith with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. I don't know what, what they think they got going on, but it's not, it's not biblical. If you gather in Sunday school just to get the lowdown on everybody's kids or what's going on in, with that marriage of them and uh, the, the mayor and all, what the, the, the lowdown. Because if you're not going to what they call big church, you, you're not getting what they're offering in little church, in Sunday schools. Come on, I'm not being ugly today, but this is just typical of the church today. Who 
Who are, are you watching this today? Are you really pursuing righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that are calling on the Lord out of a pure heart? Or are you involved in that process? This is not just for preachers. This is for Christians. You know, we just read, let's back up here. He says in verse 21, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 21, if a man therefore purge himself from these, he's talking about the things that are dishonorable. Now he calls it youthful lusts. If a man purge himself from these, if a man flee from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meet That means useful for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. To be useful by the master is a continual preparation. We don't get prepared and then we're ready to go. No, even when we've been prepared by the Lord and we're becoming useful, we never stop being prepared because we constantly, all of our Christian life, it is a race that was set before us and this race is a constant fleeing those things, which is a denial of self, taking up our cross, which is pursuing that which Jesus died through faith in his death to be able to give us for us to have, to be able to experience this eternal life here and now, come on now, to be able to follow him, fleeing those things, purging himself from those things so that we can be useful. Preparation is not just some time period you're prepared and then you're seeing You never stop being prepared. Let's read it again. If a man purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and useful for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. Flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Are you good? 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. I bring this scripture in. I think I did it last week at the end of the last session uh, it, it, because it uses the phrase, cleanse ourselves. And that's what the Bible here means when we purge ourselves. And you can't purge yourself by yourself. You have to have faith in what Jesus did, the only purging and cleansing place, the only place you'll find the power to flee youthful lust or any lust is faith in where Christ defeated, conquered over all lust at Calvary. There's where your faith belongs and when you actually place it there and with your heart you believe, with your heart you believe, not your lips, your mind, with your heart you believe. With who you are, you give yourself to that truth that He died for you, you the old you who's full of lust, nothing but lust, the old you has been crucified with Christ. Yet you're alive. But it's not you that's living, it's Christ in you. And the very life that you're living now, it's by the faith of the Son of God who loved you and gave Himself for you. Come on now. You got to get this. If if you're being bound, if, if, if you're trying to flee, and every time you every time you try to flee, you try to get in this cleansing, purging process. Uh, you, 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 <clears throat> it don't it doesn't seem to work out for you. Maybe it's because you're trying to work your way out of something. Jesus has already worked for you. 
When you're trying to work your way out, try to get out of something through any other means than what Jesus did to get you out, to to allow you by His Spirit to be able to flee those things and to pursue that which is right, it won't work for you. And and, and, And if you're fleeing anything... It's because you're pursuing something else. So you better watch what it is you're pursuing, what it is you're after. We're not called to just pursue being in some local church and to be a part of a local church and to fit in. No, we're called to pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. You want to find the people of God who have a pure heart that are calling on the Lord? It's people who are pursuing righteousness, faith, charity, and peace. Think about that. Those are the people who are pursuing, who who are fleeing the world, fleeing the world. And the cross is the answer. Uh, Galatians 6.14 says, Paul says, I boast in nothing but the cross. God forbid. Hear that. God forbids that we boast in anything other than the cross of Christ by which we were crucified to the world and all its lust and the world and all its lust to us. What a great separation. Without the cross, you may try to flee and try to flee and try to pursue, but you'll never lay hold on what you, what you know biblically you need to be laying hold on without faith in the work of Christ at Calvary. And I'm not talking about your salvation experience in the past. I'm talking about Jesus taught a daily faith, a daily cross, because self is our problem and it's got to be denied. And the only way self can be denied, the only way we can flee self is if we're pursuing faith in the cross. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And through that faith, then we can find ourselves experiencing the righteousness, the charity, the love, the faith, and the peace among those who are calling on the Lord out of a pure heart. Now, every local church is always going to have folks just bobbing along and they're not really getting it. And, and some, some may even be lost, may be tears, just trying to be good, uh, uh, morally good and upright citizens. They've never had the born-again experience. They, 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 they really know what's wrong, but they're not trying to flee it with all their heart. They're not really pursuing that which God has offered them in the salvation package which is righteousness, faith, love, and peace. And it's to be experienced not out there as a lone ranger, but with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. God is bringing His people together today. You better get involved in that. And where He's bringing, where He is bringing His people together, this is going to be the experience. People call The people of God calling on the Lord out of a pure heart. Who are they? Those that are fleeing worldly lusts, youthful lusts, worldly lusts of any sort to pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with others of this like precious faith. You need to get that. 
just going to church, status, just going to church, are you hearing the Word of God in the context of the cross of Christ? If you're not, then, then, then what's on the table is the bread of deceit and not the bread of life. And I, I hate to say this, but you're talking about 90% of every local church in the world today, the bread of deceit, the bread of you got to work for it, the bread of you're pitiful, the bread of, the bread of life points you to where that bread was broken, where that bread was given, where that bread was offered to you when Jesus as the living bread became broken at Calvary for you. And when that, my friend, is placed on the table as the Spirit of God proclaims God's words in righteousness as truth to you, then you're going to find yourself in this place where you now see more than ever you need to be fleeing the worldly youthful lusts and pursuing that which Christ became to you at Calvary. Hallelujah. So 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1, because he says here, having therefore these promises, and if you go back to the end of chapter 6, you'll see these promises are a people having a promise that if we'll get away from the unclean thing and repent and walk with our faithful God and trust Him, call on Him, hallelujah, not have fellowship with unrighteousness because we are the righteousness of God, not have fellowship with darkness because we are the light, hallelujah, of the world. Amen. And we get to walk with our God. He said, and I'll walk with them and they will be my people. These promises. And he says, having these promises therefore, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and the spirit. They can both be filthy. I know we've been taught for centuries that the, that the spirit can't be filthy. But here in the Bible says it can be. And the answer for this is given us here. Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Holiness can be perfected. You are a holy child of God if you're a Christian. That means you've trusted in Christ and His work at Calvary alone without anything you have to add, you have to do to be a Christian. You've trusted, believed from the heart that He died for you to be forgiven of all your sins. And everything after that was just took place because all the works that took place after that are by the Holy Spirit to carry out what's already evident in your heart. Run from those people that say you have to do something to fulfill, to complete your salvation. Jesus declared from the cross, it is finished. And if you'll just believe what He finished, you can walk in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You got to run from all these other things because they have all these other cults and religions and false ways of Christianity today. That's what they are. False advertisements 
of Christianity, which is not the way of Christianity, is to to think that you have to do something more than just believe upon Christ. And yes, faith always has works, but your works don't justify you. The Bible says I'm justified by the blood. I'm justified by faith. I'm justified in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, works follow the Christian. Absolutely, it's biblical. Works follow the Christian, the works of the Holy Spirit. Not to save you. When they say that you're not really saved unless you do this or that, run from those because they have no avenue of purging themselves. They think their works are purging them. No, the purging is so that the Father can use us in works. Come on now. There are no works outside of Jesus Christ. This is This is phenomenal. And this is so simple. There are no works that God has called you to function in that's outside of Christ. All the works are in Christ. Read Ephesians 2 and 10. We're God's workmanship. All the works there that we're ordained to walk in are in Christ Jesus. That means you can't, that means there are no works outside of Christ that you can be a part of, that will you can work your way into Christ. All the works are in Him. So they don't begin until you get in Him through faith in His work. Phenomenal, isn't it? How simple that is. And yet multitudes will sit in churches listening to men that don't know that. I'm a firm believer that 90% of every person that stands in a pulpit today is probably not even called of God. And it's not just that they are, they, that they just don't know this way. I don't believe they're even called of God. Some of them have this aurora about them. They can speak well. They can, they, and people just are attracted to them. Well, my Lord, you can be a car salesman if you speak well. Car salesmen speak well. All kinds of jobs. Speak well. Motivational speakers speak well. That don't mean you're called to be a preacher. A preacher, a minister of righteousness... Go put the bread of life on the table. And if they are called of God and they've missed the mark, then it's time to repent, my friend. Maybe you're listening to me today and you were mad for a while at this message of the cross, this focus of the cross. It's, it's taking people out of my church. Well, you want them back? Preach the cross. God will add those through the gospel that he will add. And those will leave that God is not adding. Amen, Brother Curtis. So, perfecting holiness. Holiness can be perfected. Amen. You and I have not reached perfection. Paul said, and I've got it here. I think I put it here. Uh, Philippians 3, 12 and 13. I was giving Robin a little uh, pre message this morning. We were getting ready and she, she, she reminded me of this scripture. I said, oh, I got to go put that in my notes right now. I got to bring that out this morning. This is uh, because we're talking about fleeing youthful lust, early lust of any kind to pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord with a sound mind, a pure heart called on the Lord. Come on now. This scripture, Paul wrote to the Philippians in chapter 3, verse 12, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect. Now he's holy. 
But he says he's not perfect. Watch those people that say they're perfect. The only place they're perfect is in Christ. And even when we, you and I, living in this flesh body, are walking in Christ Jesus, that means through faith in His sacrifice, Colossians 2 and 6, we still going to mess up. We still going to mess up. People that tell you you're not going to mess up, they're messing up by telling you that. <laughs> Watch this now. Not as though I had already attained, either we're already perfect, but I follow. Mm, I'm pursuing something. I'm follow after if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Watch, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things, fleeing from those things. It doesn't mean just trying to get them out of my head. No, I'm forgetting them. I'm fleeing from those things which are behind and reaching forth, pursuing unto those things which are before. What are they? Righteous faith, love, and peace. Glory to God. How do we want to say it today here? With them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Let me say this because God sees you watching right now. God sees you watching. You live within a driving distance of this church. God has dealt with you for quite some time about driving that distance that you would drive much farther for many other reasons. He's been dealing with you for, it's been a long time about coming and being part of this ministry, this worship service that takes place on Sunday morning and Wednesday. He's been dealing with you. Why has he? Because he knows you need to be a part of a community of believers. They're not going to get all up in your personal business. I don't do that. They don't do that. But we worship together. We call on the name of the Lord out of a pure heart together. I know the church today and even this virus is added on to it. Uh, just, just giving the church more fuel for the flesh, not together. We call together. God's going to protect us. We need to walk in a place where we're not loving our lives, but we're calling on the name of the Lord out of a pure heart because it's that name that justified us. It's that name that gives us this testimony. We overcome everything by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. As we, as we gather with the saints of God, with this light precious faith in the cross of Christ, fleeing everything that's behind, pursuing that which God has laid before us in this race of victory to run. Hallelujah. It's not a closet, Christianity. It's a community of God's people. Hallelujah. You can twist that and do whatever you want to. But now, let's go back to 2 Corinthians 7, 1. He says, Because we have these promises, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and of the Spirit, perfecting holiness. Reaching for that, pursuing that, by fleeing from those things that would hinder me from pursuing that. Until you do what God's been stirring your heart to do, you're going to be stuck in that dried up place for a long time. It's, it's not good enough that you know what to do. And God's waiting on you to manifest faith 
in what he's directing you to do. Amen. A lot of Christians sit around and say, well, if it takes place, God's going to have to do it. Absolutely, but he's waiting on your faith to believe. People who make that statement, I feel, many times are Christians living in some mystical, magical place. God speaks to your heart about something, some direction, something He wants you to function in. He's waiting on you to believe Him and just to go, just to do, just to say, just to whatever He's directing you to do. It's not mystical and magical. You can sit on your couch 40 years waiting on God and He's really all that time been waiting on you. Come on now, somebody, trying to help you today. Do we actually associate with or gather with those who are calling on the Lord? Out of a pure heart, those who are pursuing after righteousness. Those who are calling on the Lord out of a pure heart are those who are pursuing righteousness, faith, love, and peace with others who are also. Verse 23 now tells him, tells Timothy here what to avoid. He's, he's told him what to flee, what to pursue. Now he's going to tell him what to avoid. Now this is, I know a lot of people, uh, Christians, throw this, the, the Timothy's, the letters to Timothy and Titus out, calling them the pastoral letters. But whatever is good for a pastor is good for any Christian. Amen, Brother Curtis, or oh me and help me, Lord. He says here in verse 23 of 2 Timothy chapter 2, but foolish and unlearned questions avoid. Fleeing, pursuing, and avoiding. Because if we don't avoid what we're told to avoid, we'll just be adding on to the list of things that we have caused in our own lives that now have to be fleed from again. God brought you out of many things when He saved you through your faith in the cross. And if you flee anything, any fleshly lust that you find the power to flee, if it's the power of the Holy Spirit, then at the same time you're fleeing, you'll be pursuing what God tells you to pursue. If, let me say it again this morning. If you're trying to flee sin in your life without the pursuing of righteousness and faith and love and peace, it's not going to work for you. You might come out of that particular trap of sin, but you're just going in another one. You're just going to go from snare to snare to snare, trap to trap to trap, unless until you start pursuing that which God wants you to flee from those sinful things, the sin that easily besets you, to be able to. Come on now. But foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strifes. How many Christians have we ever been around and how many times have we as Christians in the past, hopefully we've fled from this type of thing and hopefully we're learning to, to not get involved in these things. That You sit in a circle somewhere on the job, in the classroom, on the playground, in the, wherever the, you gathered up with people and all of a sudden spiritual things and Bible verses begin to come into the conversation. 
And it seems like the only thing most Christians want to talk about are things that are controversial. Well, what do you think about this? And what do you think about... And it's always the things that just cause a big ruckus. And they're really the flesh, the lust of the flesh for strife is really taking place in their heart. They're confused. Wherever there's envy and strife, God says there's confusion in every evil work. Because most questions in circles aren't so I can gain knowledge and and grow in this what I'm pursuing. It's just to either show somebody how I'm right and they're wrong or some other whatever. You understand? Why am I asking the questions I ask? Is it to learn, to gain knowledge so I can grow in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ or is it just to make conversation or is it just to cause strife? Watch now. <coughs> but foolish and unlearned questions, avoid them. It means go around them. Go around them. How, how do you go around? How do you avoid unlearned and foolish questions? Because you know the reason you do it is because you know they're not doing nothing but stirring up strife. So what we do, we're told to do, to be able to continue in the process of fleeing and pursuing, we're going to have to now learn how to avoid, go around things, and the process of avoiding foolish and unlearned questions is by bringing everybody back with the Scriptures to the cross of Christ. If they don't like it, That's not up to us. The Bible says because we carry the knowledge of Christ, we are a sweet-smelling Savior to God and to some that are dead, we are the stench of death. But to those that are alive, we are life to them. 2 Corinthians 2, 14-16. That should be the life of the Christian. And hear me, it is the life of the Christian who's living in obedience to the Word of God who pursuing fleshly things. Such a fleshly thing could be something as as simple as, and it ain't simple, but a fleshly lust could be telling you don't talk about the word at work. You might make enemies. You might make people mad. Don't talk about the Bible when you get together. Where do you think the phrase, I don't talk, we, we don't talk about politics and we don't talk about spiritual matters? That's because those people are avoiding the things that we shouldn't be avoiding. Now, politics, you pray, vote, and do what the Lord leads you to do. I said do what the Lord leads you to do. But we don't avoid spiritual matters. We avoid foolish and unlearned questions by presenting the truth when foolish and unlearned questions, we don't get involved in their foolishness. I've watched through what's going on in our nation over the past three, four years or more. I've watched many who were one time just devoted and devout to God through faith in the cross of Christ, sharing the gospel with a fire from their hearts. But all of a sudden, they find themselves trapped in this focus of politics, focus of because they, they've allowed their Christian rights and praise God for them to be elevated above their Christian duties and Christian calling. I know some have tried to intertwine, bring it together and all this stuff and to some degree it probably can be but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people 
I don't see them anymore talking about biblical things, scripture in the light of Calvary. I see they're political. Just poli- they're just eat. They've been taken away. While they're shouting what the devil can't do and what the devil's not going to do, well, he's doing the other things that you've not even been aware of. And you need to come back. You need to come back. See, I'm not here to make you mad. I'm not here to make you happy. I'm here to present God's Word. And if you'll heed His Word, not me, then you will find yourself at the end of this chapter reveals coming out of the snare of the enemy who at his will can put us in a cage if we're not acknowledging the truth or if we're exalting something of our time, of our finances, more than the truth. Amen, Brother Curtis. So the way we avoid foolish and unlearned questions is We go around them with the truth because we're pursuing. Listen, if we're pursuing what the Bible tells us to pursue, then when unlearned and foolish questions take place, that which we're pursuing is the answer that we have to the unlearned and foolish questions. If you're pursuing righteousness, let's just... The, the first one mentioned there, pursuing righteousness. That means you're a student of God's Word and you found out Proverbs 8 and 8 says that all of God's words are in righteousness. And Isaiah 54 and 14 says that God establishes His people in righteousness. That you were declared to be righteous when you were born again, justified by God in Christ Jesus. You were made a servant of righteousness, placed on this path of righteousness, the path of the just. And the only way that you can serve God is by serving obedience, that's the obedience of Christ, faith in what He did at Calvary, unto righteousness. If our fruit is not that of righteousness, it's not biblical faith. Again, let me give the illustration. If I have a box here, for example, if I have a box here, And this box is faith. It's biblical faith. Anything that comes out of faith is righteousness. The moment you trusted from your heart in the work of Christ at Calvary, God declared you righteous, made you a servant of righteousness. Romans 6, 17 and 18. Read it, write it down. Praise God. Hallelujah. You're righteous. He made you a servant of righteousness, set you on the path of righteousness. The Bible in Romans 4 calls the righteousness of faith. If it's true biblical faith, meaning faith trusting, identification with from my heart the work of Christ's death for me at Calvary, righteousness is who I became and the fruit of that faith The fruit of that faith will be the righteousness of faith. Not just in who I am in Christ, but who He is now in me and what He by His Spirit is able to produce in me and bear out through me the fruits of His righteousness. Are you pursuing righteousness? When the Lord brings you back to a focus and a faith in the cross of Christ and you're growing 
in that, then you will, as the Apostle Paul say, eventually you will say, I am determined to know nothing else but Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I boast in nothing but that which crucified me unto the world and all its lust and the world and all its lust to me, the cross. God forbids I boast in anything else. (laughs) How precious is this that we have. Glory to God. Think about it. Think about it. When we hear something and conviction takes place, do we repent? You see, some things come along and latch on to us. We didn't, in time, take those thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ, the Bible tells us to. And if we don't learn to do that, those thoughts will take you somewhere you didn't want to go. They'll take you somewhere that painted a pretty picture, but when you get there and you've been there for a while, you see the picture was far too deceiving and now you're trapped there. Well, all you have to do, my friend, is repent. But that doesn't mean you just tell God you're sorry. That means you tell God you're sorry, you ask for His help to get up and to go the other way. Repentance, Proverbs 28, 13. He that covers his sin... That means he that thinks he can cover his sin shall not prosper. But he that confesses and forsakes his sin shall have the mercy of God. See, God's prosperity is God's mercy and God's mercy is presented to all humanity at the cross. God does not overlook our sin. He by His love and mercy forgives our sin, gives us the power to repent, turn and go the other way from our sin. He delivers us from our sin when we cling to where He paid the price, not just for salvation but for daily deliverance. The power daily to flee and to pursue and to avoid. Hallelujah. Do we pursue the avenue of repentance which is confessing and forsaking that which I've been convicted of? Or are we just done some trap, some snare of God, I'm sorry, God, I'm sorry, God, I'm sorry. Let me tell you something. He's faithful and He forgives you when you ask Him to forgive you. But the times of refreshing only come when repentance takes place. Repentance is confessing and forsaking. And hear me today, anybody can confess their sins, but only those who come to Christ and His work at Calvary by faith find the power to forsake their sins. Nobody forsakes their sins. Nobody flees from their sins unless they're pursuing the one who died for their sins. No one finds deliverance from that which is holding them, those youthful lusts, the worldly, fleshly lusts, until they pursue the one who is righteous and the righteous work he did at Calvary. Hallelujah. And though you be a Christian, what you and I need daily is those, that time of refreshing that comes from repentance. Repentance, daily repentance. God, I'm sorry. And God help me, I'm trusting in the work of Christ at Calvary. The place you saved me 
the place you offer deliverance daily to me, the place I find the power of this measure of faith you've given me that I might be found fleeing these things that want to cage me up at the will of the enemy so that I might pursue these wonderful, precious things you've set before me to pursue so that I'll be able to avoid these unlearned and foolish questions that will send me right back to the cage if I don't know. If I don't know. Do you not know today? Christianity is more than a church service. A lot of people go to church, boy, at Christmas time and they'll pop back in at Easter. They're not giving God. They're not gathering with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. They're going to answer for that at the judgment. They're going to answer for that because if they're convicted enough to walk through the doors at Christmas and Easter, then that's, that's an obvious, obvious sign God's dealing with them about what, where they need to be. And they'll tell you, I know I need to be there, but they really don't. The man that says, I know I need to study the Word, but he doesn't, he doesn't know it yet. In the Bible, the word know is an experiential word. People that say, I know I, preacher, I know I need to be in church, but, you know, but, but they don't know it yet. They know the Bible says they should be in church, and they might know in their head they should be in church, but see, when faith comes, faith overcomes. Faith comes when we hear the word of God. Hearing the word of God means we're trusting in the word of God. And we don't know unless we're identified with it. You know the story about the man who had a wheelbarrow and there was about, a, 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 I don't know, a 300 yards of just a cable running across from one mountain peak to the other. And he grabbed that empty wheelbarrow and he took off, off across that cable and he walked all the way to the other peak and he turned around and he came back. And by this time, this was, a, oh, what a sight this was. I can't believe that guy is doing that and there was people there and they watched him and by the time he did it again and got back, there was more people and he said, who believes I can do it again? And the people said, yeah, we believe you can. But they said that just to watch him do it again. And he did it again. He came back and all there was a multitude of people this time. And when he got back, he said, who believes I can do it again? And everybody said, we do. Do it again. We want to see it. So he looks at one man and he says, okay, sir, you said I could do it again. Get in the wheelbarrow. He said, no, no, I, I, know. I, I don't really believe you can do it fully again. And that's a great example of I know you can carry me across that cable in that wheelbarrow or I don't really know it so I'm not getting involved in it. Whatever you know, my friend, you're going to get involved in it. People that say I don't go to church, I know I need to. They don't know it yet. Knowing is an experience. Scripture, you say, glad you asked. John 17, 3. This is eternal life. That they know the one true God and His Son, Jesus Christ, whom He sent. See, eternal life is about what you know. And that which you know is what Jesus did at Calvary. And you believe that so much you become a part of that. You, you accept that work as the work He did for you toward God 
to save you from your sins and daily to deliver you from your sins and to daily by the Spirit of God you've received now to find the power to flee everything that would hinder you pursuing that which is of God and to be able to avoid foolish and unlearned questions. Hallelujah. Are you all right this morning? Avoid foolish and unlearned questions because they just gender strife. They're, they're, the word unlearned means uninstructed. And they're really avoiding the truth. When you bring, people get real spiritual on you in these little break circles at work and they start talking about spiritual things in the classroom at school. But when you bring the truth of Christ and the sacrifice on the scene, folks start backing away from the table. Folks all of a sudden got to go to the bathroom. Folks all of a sudden get that phone out and say, Oh, yep, I knew they'd call it out. When you bring Christ and Him crucified, why is that? Because that's the power of God, my friend. And when it's offered, people either move on in or they move away because the power of God is a fearful thing. They can't even explain it, but that's what's happening. The power of God, the fear of God is offered there and it's either accepted or it's ran from. Pretty good this morning, isn't it? I'm excited about what the Lord's doing. Unlearned, again, means uninstructed. Just foolish questions. You look the word foolish up and you'll be amazed at what it means. It means stupid. It means blockhead. It's in, you look it up. I'm not talking about Webster's. I'm talking about get you a, 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 a Bible with a Strong's numbers. I'm, I'm touching it right now. It's an adjective. It's the uh, a Strong's number G3474. It's the word moros where we get our word moron from. And it means dull or stupid. Blockhead. Absurd. Godless. And you know what the Bible says in uh, Psalms 53.1? It's the fool who says in his heart there is no God. You got to stay away from you got to stay away from all that. And we're told in the New Testament not to walk as fools, which means we can. A fool says in his heart there's no God. The Christian has accepted there is a God and his son that he sent to die for their sins. But if the Christian finds himself not fleeing the worldly lust and pursuing what he's told to pursue in the word and avoiding the, the things that could trap him again, then he's living as though he's foolish, as, this, as though there is no God. If you're not presenting the expression of Christ, if, if you're not calling on the name of the Lord with others out of a pure heart, if you're not fleeing worldly lust but making excuses for them so that you can pursue righteousness, love, faith, and peace with others and call on the name of the Lord out of a pure heart with others, then there's a problem there, my friend. There's a problem there. God's not here to condemn. He's not here with a sledgehammer. He's here offering you the truth of His Word so that you might get right with Him. You say, I'm already right. I'm a Christian. That does not mean that, that, does not mean that you're right right now. Everything the New Testament pretty much tells us as Christians is to follow Christ and, and warns us of all the ways that might appear like we are, but we're not. Think about that. Are you pursuing 
righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who are calling on the name of the Lord out of a pure heart. No more excuses. The Lord is about to come. He could come before this, this little teaching is over. He could come at any time right now. At any time. He's about to take us away. He had, I'm not getting into all this, but He has allotted ter- certain time periods and this 2,000 year church age the door is about to close and I don't want anybody left behind. I don't want anybody ashamed when they see Him. I don't want anybody not having oil in their lamps when the the groom calls us home. I want you to be ready. I want you to find the power to flee everything that would hinder you from pursuing the things. And let me say this as I prepare to close. If you and I are found today not pursuing, going after, in the attempt to apprehend these things mentioned in the Bible, if that's not our pursuit, it's because we've yet began our fleeing the lusts of the world. We're either backslidden, and backslidden don't mean you've taken a step back. Backsliding means you are sliding away, and it is nonstop. You are sliding away until you come back to a faith in the cross, not the nonchalant. Well, yeah, brother, I believe all that. No, I'm talking about I do believe that. That is what I'm... I'm Lord, forgive me for being so lackadaisical and lukewarm and slothful. And Lord, forgive me. And in a moment, you're forgiven. And in a moment, you can repent and find the power of the Holy Spirit to begin to pursue those things that God's Word commands us to pursue. These are not options. These are commands. If we will look to Calvary. Hallelujah. If we will look to Calvary, you'll know when you're seeing it when you're believing it in the heart and your life begins to change, you begin to flee those things that's had you in a rut for many, many years. You're listening to me today. You're 60-something years old. God sees you there. It's time to get out of that rut, my friend. It's time to get out of that rut. Some others of you have been in a church for many, many years, but but you're in a rut. That's because you're not hearing the Word of the Lord in the context of of the living word and what he did at Calvary. Hallelujah. That's where you need to be planted. That's where you'll find the people of God. Not perfection, but those reaching forth for what God's told us to reach for. Hallelujah. It's been a great broadcast today. I love you. That's why I preach how I do, teach how I do, and what I do. And the Lord has been faithful to us. Join us every Friday at 9 a.m. for Cross Time with Pastor Curtis as we continue on in this second chapter of Timothy. At the end of this chapter, it gets wonderfully good. I mean, it's been part of a a favorite portion of Scripture for me for many years. A lot of uh, me in this last couple of verses in this second chapter. Don't forget to pray for us and to sow into the ministry that God is pouring the truth into your heart from. You can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can text the word GIVE to 903-231-5950. Again, I love you. God bless you. Let's pursue that which God calls us to pursue, which is Him in all reality. Until next time, Stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ 
and Him crucified. I'll see you then.